This is an Area Code podcast. The local announcers are always They're better. always better because they have actual stakes in the game. Yep. That's why Stacey cool. King, man, for Chicago, is, yeah. he's so good because he gets into it. I mean, that's why we like the Mitolfus for the Kansas City, like our f- first episode, the Kansas yeah, touchdown. City. Like, yeah, yeah. Didn't get to do right. that in the Super Bowl. He didn't get to say that once. He didn't get to say it once in the Super Bowl. How how did it feel to not hear touchdown Kansas City during that game? You know how sometimes, like when you're growing up, you have a crush on someone and you say, hey, I like you. And they say that they just want to be friends. That's kind of what it felt like to get to the Super Bowl and not even score a touchdown. It felt like the Super Bowl was like, let's just be friends. Like we we don't need to get that close. You already you already you already won. Oh, that got way more sexual when you realize they won last year. And I said <laughs> middle school earlier, so I'm gonna make that like college of like we hooked up once, but this isn't like a long term relationship. That's kind of what it felt like. Friends with benefits type of deal. Not even. The, a, it was it was a one night stand, and sure. the next year the Super Bowl. Was you like, caught you're feelings. Not, you're not even coming to the party this year, kid. Like. Yeah, you caught home. feelings. And Kansas City caught feelings, and uh, Super Bowl was like, no, we're good. Yeah, we're and now we're going to be chasing that love for the rest of eternity. Welcome back to Feel for the Game, the sports podcast where we talk about our feelings. I am one of your hosts, Nick Thompson. And I am the other host, Noah Kirby. We are back. One, just just once though. We're back. This is just a one-off episode. We're teasing, yeah. This is a little tease. That's what they call it in the biz. Little teaser. We want to talk about the Super Bowl because Noah's Kansas City, change your name, Chiefs, uh, made it again. Which we are deciding. We talked off mic about this. On this podcast, you will only hear us refer to them as Kansas City. If we say Kansas City, we mean the football team. We will not mean the Royals. If we ever talk about the Royals, we'll just say it, because that's not a problematic name. So if we say Kansas City, we mean the football team. We are also going to refer to them as the Monarchs, which is what their name should be when they decide to change it. Yeah, so um, if you're in the future, if we're all in the future, if we're on Snowpiercer, we're all consistently in the future. Think about that for a little bit. Pause this and think about what I just said. If we're on Snowpiercer and we're listening to this episode for some reason, uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs have changed their name to the Monarchs, you heard it here first. Yeah. Also, I love how in this dystopian future, where we're all living on a train, that's my understanding of Snowpiercer. I've actually never watched it. There is still football, like, which I mean, it's true. Like COVID, there's a fucking pandemic and football is like, hey, we're still, we got you. Don't worry about it. You can't go to concerts, but you can come to the Super Bowl. You'd be amazed. It's a pretty magnificent train. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. Should I watch the movie and then the show? Yeah, watch the matter? movie. Watch the movie and then the show. I think. Well, well, I think well, you. Is it the season one of the show? Kind of like the movie. Yes, I mean the so show it is. Spoiled? No, it's it's still fun. It's still okay. fun. Trust me. It's it doesn't. Yeah, watch well, the movie this first. Has nothing to do with sports. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Here's the deal. We wanted to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, we're, we're not back officially. We're going to come back soon. We're doing some preparation for season two of the podcast. We're excited about it. We're going to change up the format of the episodes a little bit, have some, yeah. some fun segments, I think. Have some fun and, segments, uh, have some fun guests. Have some fun guests. We're going to get some, some folks to Instead talk sports with us. just us two 
talking bullshit for however long we decide to talk, that's what's going to bring you back. The segments, maybe, but the guests, that's where our bread and butter is going to be. Now, if I say that and we get really bad guests, it's going to flop. We're going to get some folks on here to share their personal feelings about a variety of significant moments in sports for for their lives. So it's going to be fun. But today, we are going to talk about Kansas City football team. Let's talk about me. Yes, Kansas City versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in the 50, what's the number? Super Bowl 55. Roman numerals. NFL, figure out your fucking Roman numerals when it comes to your logo. (laughs) Stop putting the trophy where it doesn't belong because it looks like an I. And you made this logo look like 54, which was last year when you had L-I-I-V based off the trophy. It was bad. Figure out Roman numerals. Stop doing static logos. Well, let's do our first segment, though, Nick. Yeah, what's the score? Rebound goes to the Cavs. J.R. Smith brings it back out. Throws it to Hill. Hill shot blocked. And we'll go to overtime. You get the feeling J.R. Smith the thought score. they had the lead. He no. didn't know the score. I think exactly. What exactly happened? Let's, let's go over the score. The score was 31-9 in favor of Tampa Bay. That's important to start off with. I'm going to take more time to tell you what happened, but we let's start at the beginning. Or No, the beginning was 0-0. Let's start at the end, 31-9. Coincidentally, Kansas City won last year's Super Bowl with a score of 31. So the last two Super Bowl champs have both scored 31 points. What happened was Kansas City and Tampa Bay met in Tampa Bay. It was a home game, essentially, for Tampa Bay. A little unfair. I, I hate it. They should play these games in, like, Dallas or Chicago or some other city that'll never have another Super Bowl team. Ooh, um, that, that hurt a little bit. I'm sorry. It was there right in front of me. I, I grabbed <laughs> it. The Super Bowl happened. Kansas City got absolutely blown out. Patrick Mahomes looked like the only player for Kansas City. Looked like the only member of the organization that realized that there was a game happening that evening because his receivers decided to not catch many of his passes, even though he was Houdini getting them to him. His banged-up offensive line, granted they were all backups, but that offensive line just was not interested in blocking for the best quarterback in the league. Uh, Andy Reid made some boneheaded plays. So did Eric Bieniemy and Spagnuolo, the, the, the coordinators. Just all across the board, there were just really boneheaded plays that led to Tampa Bay just marching down the field at will. Part of that was because of the defense also decided that they not only wanted to forget that they had a game of football to play that night, they also wanted to forget how the game of football was played and like every important rule that you need to know as a defender because they committed an insane amount of penalties. And that led to a blowout. That led to a 31-9 to loss. And that's I love this extremely emotional description of what happened. If it's you like, can't tell, I was can't, very upset. <laughs> you, you're, you are unable to divorce your personal feelings about this game from the like factual moments of it (laughs) it's amazing as the person who is sharing their feelings about this game yeah i cannot separate the facts like in 50 years even if kansas city wins like nine more like patrick mahomes never loses another super bowl game and he wins like 24 of them people are gonna be like oh what about that one super bowl loss and i'm gonna talk about it the exact same way blaming everyone except for Pat Mahomes because he was the only player who even looked kind of interested in winning that game. Yeah, it was brutal for sure. I mean, you could almost say that what happened was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a football game against Patrick Mahomes, and it went 
how you would expect something like that to go, 11-on-1. And in Kansas City, it looked like they expected Mahomes to just... And to be fair, he has. He's always dug them out of the holes, right? Like, in his three years of starting for Kansas City, he has never lost a game by more than one score. His biggest loss is eight points. So hypothetically, he could have gotten that into overtime had, you know... So for this to be the first way he's lost, like it makes sense that they were just expecting him to bail them out because he always has. He's that good of a player, but he can't block for himself and catch his own passes. And that it, he had to do that. Like <laughs> anything short of that was going to be thirty-one to nine. And he can't play defense, obviously, which he looked like he had been the only player interested in doing that as well. Like Tyron Matthew was interested, but he still made some boneheaded plays. Yeah, like uh, talk, shit talking. Uh, Tom Brady, which might come up later in the podcast. Don't do that. Hey, here's a here's a word of advice to just athletes playing any sport at any level. Try not to shit talk the best guy on the field. There are there's almost always one player on every team that you should not shit talk, and Matthew did that. It sounds like, however, it has come out recently that Brady texted Matthew saying like like apologizing, and I just assumed Matthew started it because I've watched him for the past three years and. <laughs> He's a guy who starts shit. So I had no reason to think it wasn't him. But the fact that Brady apologized made me think that he actually may have done something to set Matthew off. For sure. And Matthew just didn't back down. So anyway, regardless, you let you let the best player shit talk you so that you don't set them off. But that's the score. Let's move on. Let's go to the next All right, segment. Yeah, let's, let's get into our next segment. We're calling this the press conference. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Uh, this will be the part of the podcast where we, we go a little deeper and we, we try to understand why we're talking about this specific game or moment. So, Noah, give us give us a little backstory on why why, why are we talking about Kansas City? We're, we're talking about it because... I love this team with my whole heart and my whole head and my whole soul. That's biblical. That's how much I love this team. That might be heretical to say. I actually don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. Oh, hot take. Uh, the short of it is my dad is from Kansas City, born and raised. So growing up, his big sports, like football. So he loved Kansas City. So I attached to that. Also loved Kansas City, you know, watching back in the day with Trent Green and Dante Hall and Priest Holmes. Like, that was like the... The Madden era. The trio. That was, the, that was oh, the Madden era. You got Dante Hall. You're, like, playing Dante Hall and just running 99-yard kickoff returns. Or you're playing Priest Holmes and getting 99-yard rushes. And then maybe Trent Green does something occasionally. I loved him, but he wasn't that good. But he's, like, the first quarterback I remember watching. And those were good teams. Uh, so there was that. And then, yeah, like, I've talked a lot on the show about my love for... my. Probably more so, like, my favorite team, period, is the Jayhawks, Kansas Jayhawks basketball. And I just have a really close connection with my dad, just how we grew up. Uh, you know, he was a single dad raising me, so I have, you know, the things that he likes a lot of times, with the exception of politics, are things that I also <laughs> grow to really love. So, yeah, so that's why it means a lot. That's why Kansas City means a lot to me, is because of the connection it has with, the connection my dad has with the team and the connection that I have to my dad through them. I think we do need to to maybe add a bonus episode where it's just you and your dad talking about the pros and cons of Kansas City changing their football team name. Oh, I think dude, I would be Nick, here for I that. Have I told you about this? We can keep this in or we can not. 
I we FaceTime since quarantine started. We FaceTime every Sunday morning. He drinks some coffee. I drink tea because I don't drink coffee. We just chat for like an hour or so, two hours. And the last time we did that, I brought up just like very casually something about how it could be a good PR move for Kansas City to change their name. Like they're this big team. They make a lot of money because a lot of people would buy the new gear, all this stuff. And he disagreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it turned into like a 10 minute conversation. And by the end, we were both just like, let's just fucking get off of this. There's no reason. Like you're not going to agree with this. And I sure as hell ain't going to agree with you. So let's just move on. So that if I could have recorded that zoom call, we'd have a bonus episode already, but <laughs> alas, well, so real quick, did you guys talk the morning of the Super Bowl? And and what was that like? Uh, we didn't. He went over to my sister's house fairly early. Uh, but I'm in a group chat with my dad, my both my brothers and my sister, who are all huge Kansas City fans, obviously. So we talked about it leading up. And again, if you remember listening to last year's episode or you were in my life during last year's Super Bowl, I was nervous as hell. Kept talking about how they were going to lose. There's no way. Like, I was confident they were going to lose. A spoiler alert, they didn't, which was great. But that did not change my outlook on life. And so this year, my brother's like, dude, you can put like a $10 bet on FanDuel on a KC win. is going to net you like, it was like 350 bucks or something. And I was like, cool, I'm not confident they're going to win. So I'm not going to waste $10. And they couldn't believe that I was not confident. And uh, I was right. You were right. You were vindicated. You were vindicated in your anxiety. So they were just very much like, and maybe my, not my dad so much. Like I think my dad, you know, he's watched enough Kansas City football to know that they're not guaranteed to win. But that was kind of the general feeling from my family. So then we watched the game, and I'll just kind of go through my feelings from the actual game. And they started off okay. Kansas City, you know, hits the first field goal. They're up 3 nothing. And then uh, Tampa immediately takes the lead, 7-3. Kansas City punts, and it's 14-3. And at 14-3, I texted Nick. And I said, this game is over. And he said, no, you're a third-quarter team. It's fine. I was like, no, like, the way this defense is getting penalized, the way the refs are calling the penalties, which I'm never one to blame refs, but every analyst and player and coach that I follow on Twitter – that played professionally, we're just like, holy shit, these refs are bad. Like, this is not what they've been doing all year. Like, this isn't consistent with what they've been doing all year. And, and like, Tampa is getting away with some of the stuff that Kansas City is getting away with. And I'm not saying that that – not that it's rigged or anything. But the refs were inconsistent which def- towards Kansas City, which hurt their chances, obviously. So I texted Nick at 14-6, said this game's over. He was like, no, you're a third-quarter team. I was like, sure, but this game's over. Then I went to 14-6. <laughs> Then they scored a touchdown after, again, there was some bad time management by Andy Reid. So it's halftime, 21-6. to As soon as they score that touchdown with about five seconds to go in the first half, I turn my Xbox off, which is what I was streaming it through. I turn my Xbox off and I go into my office, and I, which is where my PlayStation is, and I start playing video games. Because I just I could not handle it. I was so upset, and I was like, there's no way they're going to come back. That's how my all-time favorite team is playing in the biggest game. I stopped watching at halftime because of how disappointed I was, how mad I was, how sad I was, and how embarrassed I was. I, I want to take a second here to pause and ask the listeners to do a thought project with me. I want you, if you are a sports fan, think of your favorite team. Think of 
uh, a big game that they played in and uh, and and loss and think of a time when you just had to walk away from that from the TV take a break cuz I think we've all been there it's just to get an idea of where Noah was at think of a time when you watched your favorite team be down by a lot of points or maybe there's just it's clear that they're just not going to win this game and and you you know you have to remove yourself from your room and just try to like re- remember what that feels like cuz there's definitely moments that I can recall when that was true for me I needed to walk away and like just be sad <laughs> remember that moment let it let it let it run its course through your emotions and when you're done come back to the podcast and Noah's amazing voice. Oh, don't know about that last part. I, I leave. And here's the thing. I can handle losing, right? Like, if you're going to be a fan of a sports team or if you played sports, if you're in any way competitive, you have to get under... You have to understand and get used to the idea of losing. And it's, so it's not, it's not even that they're losing. I've watched plenty of games by Kansas City, by Kansas. I've been in games that I've lost, right? Like, it's not the losing that was bothering me. It was how they were losing. It was like kind of we said earlier. It looked like they didn't expect... It, it looked like t- they expected Tampa Bay to be like, well, they won it last year. They're going to win again. Here you go. Take the trophy. And it just... Th- that's kind of what upset me. It Like, the unpreparedness, the laziness, the kind of entitlement was what was the most upsetting. If if they were playing as good as they possibly could, they were catching all the passes Mahomes was getting to them. Defense wasn't committing that those penalties, and it was 21-6. I'm going to still watch, because at least Kansas City is playing the game, and that just means that Tampa Bay's better. Okay, I can handle that. I will always respect and understand that sometimes you can do everything you need to do, and the other team's just better, and so they're going to win. But whenever it's just very clear that you're mind isn't all there you're not completely focused on the task at hand as a fan it's just kind of like if you're not taking this seriously why should i support this like i'm not gonna sit here and watch you like i'm wasting my time watching you be bored essentially and then get frustrated that for some reason the other team's not letting you win so that happened i go back out and i sit down on the couch and i tell my wife hey i'm gonna give them one possession that's all they get they get one possession to keep me interested or not. Offense and defense. I was considering possession like a flip of the field, right? Kansas City starts off with the ball. They go down the field. They get a field goal. Listener, that would be the last points they scored. That's their ninth point. Tampa Bay gets the ball. Scores 21-9. Tampa Bay gets the ball. I'm sitting there. I see the lineup of offense and defense. I look over at Christy and I say... They're going to score here. And she said, no, because they're like, what, 30 yards out. They're going to score here. Like, I I can feel it. They hand it to Leonard Fournette. I see him get the edge on the right side. He's not even five yards past the line of scrimmage. And I am already out of my living room going back into my office because I knew he had scored. There was I knew for a fact he had scored. So I sit down and I'm like, let me just double check. Pull up my phone. ESPN. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, you know, 32-yard rush. And I was like, yeah, this is done. So I sit here, gave her some time to make sure she didn't want to finish it or whatever. And I opened the door and I'm just like, hey, are you done? Like, do you have any interest? And she was like, nah, we're fine. So I go back out there. We watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine for a little bit while I try to cool down. Uh, I I didn't. I stayed up very late 
just trying to look for answers. She ended up going to bed and I was like, I'm going to stay out here and just stare into the void for a while. And, and the void stared back. And then I was like, you know what I'm going to do is watch Super Bowl 54 to try and feel something. And I didn't feel a damn thing. It didn't, I didn't feel good after watching it. If anything, I was more upset. Okay, so this is something I want to explore, though. So, you know, I I know you're having a hard... <laughs> I know you're having a hard time right now. It's a rough week. It's a rough week, this is, but I am This is fortunate. still fresh. This is still right. fresh. But as a sports fan, you are, you are the fortunate few. You have gotten to see not only your Chiefs win a Super Bowl... The Monarchs. The Monarchs, I apologize. I've seen Kansas City win a Super Bowl last year. I got to watch KU win one championship 2008 in my life i've seen them so i i saw them lose in 03 to carmelo anthony and syracuse and hakeem warwick fuck those guys 2012 they lost to anthony davis and kentucky in the championship and then i watched them get blown out by villanova in the final four that's longer like there are some fans of teams who never get even a championship loss or even a final four and i've got to see that a couple times um yeah, I've as a Cardinal and a Royal fan, I've watched both of them win World Series. Exactly. So you've gotten a lot of high moments in your sports fandom. Not a lot of us do. Uh, I will raise my hand and and say that I am one of those people that I, I consider myself sort of a sad. I don't know the right language. <laughs> What's the right term? But I I feel like a a sad sort of Chicago sports fan who hasn't gotten to really celebrate a lot. Right. Like my crowning sports moment of joy was watching the White Sox win the World Series in 2005. That's 15 years ago. So going you had, on 16 you had that, seasons and ago. then you got to watch Devin Hester return a kickoff for a touchdown. And that's really your two big. <laughs> Those are my <laughs> moments. big moments. The, you know, Chicago Bulls haven't had uh, that, that level of success yet. Um, the Blackhawks have been really great, but like, I'm not a hockey not fan. A hockey like, guy, I'm yeah. not a, like that. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be, just because they were good, like I'm not gonna jump on that bandwagon. Hockey's not my thing, so I, I haven't had a lot of moments of, of sort of celebration in the way that you you can when your team wins a, a championship. A lot of people are like me, so I have this theory that when your team wins a championship, you get to hold on to that for at least a good five years. It, it doesn't matter what they do afterwards; you get to hold on to that for at least. A solid five years to say, hey, but we have we have a recent championship, and, and that's great. So, Kansas City won last think year. Think about it. If they would have won this year, my five year window would have been extended by a year, and I would have had seven years. In which that is like, true. Hey, we're going back to back. We're fine. But what I want to what I want to ask is like, does the Super Bowl last year does it does that win sort of? soothe any of the pain from from this year or do you think it, it will in yet. time i i don't know if it i don't think it will because like we, that, just because we won one doesn't mean it like washes out that we also lost another one like i still hate carmelo anthony and hakeem warwick and the entire team of syracuse because of what happened when i was eight years old when hakeem warwick blocked a three in the corner in the championship game it's one of the most iconic blocks i still hate that basketball. i was eight years old I respect that. I think there's a, a level of uh, you you've come to to be used to success, and so it's like I don't know. I think I see it a little differently. 
I mean, I, I, I will love the, the Super Bowl from last year, but that does not mean that I'll be like, well, we won one, so I shouldn't be too upset that we lost another. No, I'll go, yeah, we fucking won one, but we also fucking lost one. And those two extremes can live side by side in my head, and they will forever rent-free. All right, let's move on to our next segment. This wait, is wait, wait, my... wait, 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 real quick. You were going to say something about Derrick Rose, and then I cut you off. One of my... Besides besides watching the Bears just get destroyed in the 2006 Super Bowl, one of my you know more sad sports memories in my lifetime uh, was watching Derrick Rose get hurt in his MVP season. I think he was it was maybe the year after his MVP season. Bulls are in the playoffs. Derrick Rose gets hurt in game one of uh, of the first round, and you know he was never the same player after that. And I, that was one of my you know, more sad moments of, of of being a sports fan because this is a Chicago kid. He's playing for the Chicago Bulls, getting drafted number one overall to us. And, you know, in the first three years, becomes an MVP uh, in the NBA. And then it's kind yeah, of all... to ever do that. Yeah, and it's kind of all taken away in a moment through this injury. And that was, you know, in a lot of ways, a really sad moment for me as a fan. But... But in a, in another sense, I hold on to the first three years of Derrick Rose in a way that is so special. Like you you can never convince me that Derrick Rose is not a legend and not one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game because those first three years were so special. And if you if you watch the Bulls or if you're a Bulls fan, you, no one needs to tell you that. Like he was a special player, and I, you know. It's it's a sort of it, it's something that I always come back to, even almost more so than the pain of of watching his injury and everything that came after that. It's like I, I have to hold on to that 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 joy that I had the first three years when he was healthy, because because the pain sucks. And so I don't know. I wonder if in well, time see, that may, will be true for you. Here's what I know: Derrick Rose lost to Kansas in the 2008 national championship game. That's what I know. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Full circle. Moving on to my favorite segment, mainly just because it honors a legend in his own right. Uh, we're calling this segment, we're talking about practice. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. This is going to be the segment where we describe how we felt in four words my four words greatest of all time very simple uh, i'm referring to tom brady i do not like that i'm saying this i'm not excited about it i'm not happy about it i'm not proud of it but it's facts and i think the super bowl was just further proof of that the guy has won seven rings that is more than any other football team, team in the national yeah and, that's more than any other football team. That's more than Jordan. I, I'm, I'm not trying to do a cross-sport comparison, but it, it's to say that it's very impressive what he has done over his career. And he's still going. I mean, he's he's going to play next year. And I don't know. It's very hard to repeat in the NFL. Uh, we saw that As this we year. we know from Kansas City, yeah. <laughs> but So I don't expect that he'll, you know, at least not next year, I don't expect that he'll be back and win another. But even if his career ends with seven, that's so impressive and – and he's more not than like, MJ, as many as Robert Ori, fewer than Bill Russell. That's the scale right now. That's the scale. 
Uh, and he's not like he's not slowing down. I mean, he's not being carried by his team. We saw Peyton Manning, you know, towards the end of his career, he was getting carried by his defense and by the team around him, and and that's not the case with Brady. So that that those are my four words to describe how I felt. I felt like I was watching greatness, and uh, I hope to one day say that about Patrick Mahomes because I do think he is by far the most talented quarterback we've ever seen in the NBA, but. NFL. Yeah, here's here's the thing. I'll say I'll reiterate what a lot of people have been saying is that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, but he's not the best quarterback. They said that about Aaron Rodgers for a long time. That's very quickly becoming Patrick Mahomes. I'll I'll say this. A lot of people he Brady had a near perfect game, in part because the Kansas City defense let him. Like they didn't really put up much of a fight. Um and also Byron Leftwich, his offensive coordinator, just had a wonderful game plan. Like the they pulled the rug out from under Kansas City. Like things they had been doing all year, they stopped doing and did completely different things in the Super Bowl. And like Kansas City just wasn't. Was Leftwich the quarterback coach a few years ago and then get an upgraded yes, to an offensive coordinator? Was, okay, I thought I so. I think he was the quarterback coach, not in Tampa, but I think he was QB coach under Arians in Arizona. Okay, I thought he was QB coach. And then I saw. Um, after the game, I saw that he was offensive, offensive yeah. coordinator. I think and I was, ca- it kind of caught me by surprise. I think he was I, with Brew Arians in Arizona as QB okay. coach and then came yeah. to be the offensive coordinator in Tampa. With yeah, him, shout I out think. to him. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have looked at him in his career and said, oh, that guy oh, is going to be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> he's so good. But anyway, I, I it makes me think of that scene in Anchorman when Vince Vaughn saves Ron Burgundy from the bear pit. Oh, well, that's... He doesn't push the ladder back down, right? You all know what I'm talking about. You've seen the movie. <laughs> uh, but he says, you know, like, I hate you, Ron Burgundy, and you think he's about to push you, the ladder. Then he brings him in, and he says, but damn it, do I respect you? And then he kisses his forehead. That's kind of how I feel about Tom Brady. Like, I fucking hate that dude. But as an athlete, I respect him. Don't like him outside of sports, but that's another story. All right, we're going a little bit over, so let me jump in and do my four words. And they're simple, and you could probably read into, like, we don't need to spend time on it because we just spent a lot of time during the press conference. But my four words are um, pissed off and sad. That's that's all-encompassing, right? Like, I'm pissed off and sad about what happened, and that's very clear to anyone listening to this. Those are the two emotions, you know. Again, I'll do another pop culture reference. No, there's a brand-new album called The Devil Devil and God Are Raging Inside of Me. It's kind of how I feel right now. I've got, except it's pissed off and sadness raging inside of me. Dude, I love that. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next segment. What do we got here? We got a segment that we are calling Timeout. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, straight. he walked. He, he walked and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he causes he too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. And what we're going to do here is... We're going to take someone who is in that moment. So maybe it was a player, a referee, a coach, a, a, a commentator, a fan that was just in the stadium, whatever. We're just going to do a little role playing right here. We're going to we're gonna get in their head. What were they thinking in this moment? We're going to call timeout and get in someone else's head for a little bit. So I'm just going to, I'm in Patrick Mahomes' head right now. And here's what Pat Mahomes is thinking the entire game. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the fuck is my team doing? Because he's sitting there, like I said earlier, he did everything. They like 
he essentially would have had to block for himself and catch his own passes for them to have a chance to win. He, he watched receivers who did crazy shit all year long drop perfect passes that he threw out of like five guys trying to bring him down at once. One pass, he was literally horizontal and he still got the pass off like a shortstop, hit his receiver in the face, incomplete. He watches his defense get penalty after penalty after penalty. 90 yards of penalties in the second quarter alone. When they needed, when he needed them to make a stop, they gave five first downs off of penalties. He watched Andy Reid call some bad turn, uh, timeouts. All he's thinking is, what the fuck is happening? This is the same team that was here with me last year. These are the same players, same coaches that were here with me last year. We should be prepared right now. And somehow, I am the only one who is prepared. So that's what Pat Mahomes is thinking the entire game. What the fuck? I love that. Okay, I, I have two. You got two? I don't, okay. I don't know which one should be the the main one and which should be like an honorable mention. I'll, I'll let you pick. And maybe we can explore this together. My first, what were they thinking, is uh, Antoine... Winfield Jr. breaks up a, a pass from Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. And uh, Winfield Jr., after rolling on the ground, as football players are wont to do, stands up and gives Tyreek Hill, also nicknamed Cheetah. Because of how fast he is. Because he is just faster than every human being that's ever set foot on a football field. Yeah, so no, Winfield Jr. Fuck, breaks up a pass, gives him the peace sign. Why this is significant is Tyreek is famous for giving the peace sign to defensive players as he runs past them into the end zone to score touchdowns. So I would like to say I think Winfield Jr. was thinking in this moment so – the thing that made this so special to me is Winfield gives him the peace sign and he's like grinning. He's got, a, he's he's got like, the largest smile I've ever seen a human being have on their face. Yeah, so happy. I don't I, – I cannot precisely say what he's thinking because I think what he's thinking are about a hundred things at a time. I think he's thinking about his plans to Disney because Disney is open. Yeah. Shout out COVID. He's thinking about his plans to Disney. He's thinking about payback, shit talking. Yeah. So yeah. So so let's make it clear for for Tyreek shit talking. Let's jump in real quick. When these teams played in week 12 in Kansas City won that game, 27-24. In the first quarter, Tyreek Hill torched Winfield for three touchdowns and like 208 yards or something crazy like that. And at least on one occasion gave him the peace sign. And on another occasion gave him the peace sign and then did a backflip into the end zone. Not like, oh, I scored, let me do a backflip. No, like he stopped on the one-yard line, turned around, looked at Winfield, and still had enough time to do a backflip. Winfield, that's what he's thinking of. I, I think all he sees is that backflip. And he's he sees like, the backflip. Oh, revenge, he's, motherfucker. He blacks out. Yeah, so I love that. Honorable mention moment. The streaker. We we have to talk about this. I I cannot do this episode about the Super Bowl and not talk about the streaker. The most exciting part of the game was the streaker. <laughs> I need to send a message to all of America, anyone who will listen. It's a... Let's let the streakers streak. Let's televise it. Can we televise the streakers? Anytime streakers get on the field, the the camera cuts away. The announcers don't talk about it. Let free free the streakers. We need a movement to free the streakers and televise them. I get it. I understand why 
we don't want to give them the light of day and give them the the 15 minutes of fame that they want. But guess what, guys? There's people on the other side of those TVs need a little hope in their life. Need a little need a little joy. We need to feel something again. It's been a hard year. Can we see the streakers streak? And here's the thing. What will deter me? I am speaking about me from streaking in the future. Is not realizing, oh, I'm not gonna get on TV. It's oh, three giant security guards are gonna clothesline me to get me off that field. Let me see that on TV, and I will be like, oh, I'm not gonna go streaking. Do you see what they fucking did to that guy? Let's give a shout out to him real quick, though. I just found this out, Nick. I don't think you know this. I, I know where you're going. Go you ahead. Do? Okay, Go ahead. I didn't know if you saw this. This man put a $50,000 bet on there being a streaker during this game. Knowing that he could go to the game and run onto the field to win that bet. He won $350,000 because of this prop bet. And all he had to do was give up $1,000 of it on bail. That's That's fucking genius. If you want to discourage streaking, let us watch them get tackled. And maybe make it illegal to like bet on that. (laughs) That's what it is. This is Vegas's fault, as are most things. Uh, Free hashtag hashtag free the streakers. streakers. Okay. All right. Our last segment, we're going to bring it home. We're, we're, We're finishing up, wrapping up here. 20 seconds on the clock. Why should we care? Isaiah! Shot clock turned off. Game clock at eight. He's going to do it himself. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. At the buzzer. You should care about the Super Bowl because it is one of the only times in the year where all of society can kind of come together over one event. I mean, you get the Oscars, you get other like award shows and kind of boring shit like that. But the Super Bowl is different. It's a big moment for everybody. Everybody watches. And as a society, we needed a we need a collective, we need a collective way to celebrate and come together and unite over something fun, good, wholesome. I mean, is football wholesome? Maybe not. That was a stretch. But it, it was just good to, to have something to sort of come together over. Okay. I feel like you started strong. You had a really strong crossover to get yourself free. And you were get, getting into the lane. And it was like, oh, man, he's got it. Or he's going to draw the foul or something. But on your way up, someone got a hand on that ball and kind of stripped it away. And then you had to, like, die for it and just kind of throw it over your head to hope that it went in. And I don't think it did. <laughs> I, I think you started strong and then kind of stumbled at the end. And I think I don't think you even got the shot off. I think it was still in your hands when the buzzer sounded. Man, didn't even get the shot off. You hate to see that. I hate to see it. That's just bad clock management, like Andy Reid had at the end of the first half. All right, here's why you should care about this. And I'm not going to say that you should care for it, them losing in the way that I do. I think that you should care about Tampa Bay winning. And here's why. Their staff has a lot of... All their main coordinators are black men, and they also have two women on their staff, and that is a win for diversity in the NFL, which is legendarily undiverse. Nice. I like it. I I mean, yeah, you. that's a walk-off. That's a slam Nailed dunk it. to finish the game. That's Dwight Walk Howard off, catching. Walk-off with 20 seconds on the clock because baseball is timed. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yeah, you killed that. I mean, you're 100% right, and – 
That is, you know, you got the, I think you mentioned this off mic, but, you know, Kansas City has the, a lot of teams have had it uh, this season, the in racism on the edge of the edge of the field. And but it's like, how do you actually do that? And it, it starts with actions like what the Buccaneers are doing within their organization, giving people opportunities, people of color opportunities and women um, that have not had those opportunities in the past so yeah that's that's how you actually when do the work to end racism you have teams like kansas city who have end racism in the end zone right above a giant end zone that said chiefs and like irony <laughs> kansas yeah. city monarchs kansas city monarchs make it happen if not the monarchs we've also got the kings as an option and we can also just go with the wolves we have there are three just perfect options instead of the current name and we'll see if they actually end up, there's a really good article recently by Natalie Weiner, who kind of like went through the origins of the chop, which is just like a really offensive chant that you hear at Kansas City games and Florida State games and at Atlanta and Cleveland and the MLB. I'm sure you heard it at Washington too. And that's where I was really just like, you know what? It's going to take, because like there are, there are activists who have been trying to get that name changed for so long and the owners aren't listening. I think it's going to take like Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, like people that are playing there to be like, you need to change this and like really put the pressure on on a, the Hunt family, the owners of the team to, to change it. Because I don't think it's going to change if we're targeting just like this general idea of racism. As a fan of the team, I am wholeheartedly on board with changing that name. And I think there are some really good names like the Monarchs that goes from being very racist to honoring uh, the black community in your city and really in the country, just because that's where, you know, the, the baseball league kind of, I mean, it's like it's home, right? That's where the hall of fame for the, the, the Negro baseball league is. So that could be a win. You're flipping the spectrum, but Kansas city won't do it unless I think players say, Hey, we're not going to play for you with this racist ass name, but that's neither here nor there. We'll get there. This isn't a political podcast. Not a political podcast, though. Don't think it is based off of what we just said. And definitely don't think it is based off of season one and all the times I said, fuck Donald Trump and things of that nature. So that's it. That That's our Super Bowl special. We wanted to speak on the Super Bowl a little bit. Well, just I didn't of... want to. I had to. I only wanted to speak about it if they won. You were obligated to, as a fan of the team and an owner of a podcast, you were obligated to speak on it. So here we are. We spoke on it, and we're going to let it sit. Enjoy this episode. We'll be back for season two eventually, probably Sometime. early spring. Probably early spring. Yeah, why not? We'll have some guests on the show. We'll get some ladies on here. That's going to be really fun to hear a different perspective than – Two dudes. Men. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, what's our handle? Feel for the At game feel pod. Feel for the game pod. Also follow Area Code uh, Network for all the other great shows that we have. And just to and just to get updates on when season two is yeah. coming. There'll be updates so. there, and like I said, there there might be some other shows that you like. We have we have some fun ones already out, and have some fun ones coming down the wire. You might hear us on some other ones moving forward, hey. so you can maybe find out about that. Imagine Noah and Nick sharing their feelings on other aspects of their life. How like amazing music does that sound? Or books or that's about it. Those are probably the only podcasts on the network that might have one of us on. Yeah, so make sure you follow that. We, uh, please. <laughs>
that that please was so it was so sad <laughs> it was so sincere and just like desperate <laughs> now you can properly end the show i love you Kansas city change your name This is an area code podcast.